Blog Talk Radio. Terminal Terminal Fans, Sign Guy with you here on a very special day and time. We are going to be promoting some world's finest wrestling here in just a moment with Keith Miller. But real quick, just some notes for you. If you've not already made plans to get to Scott Diamond's annual birthday bash, go do so right away. That is later tonight in Frankfort, Kentucky. Also, depending on your area, you might still have a wow, women of wrestling to watch, our very own former Women's expert, Amazing Maria, along with her daughter on that show tonight for their in-ring debut with WOW. That is a big deal, so make sure you support that by watching. Also, you can find myself tomorrow. I will be on the podcast hosted by Nathan Moss and his co-host. It is From the Chair with Nathan and Tanette, so make sure you have plans to check that out. I believe it will be recorded tomorrow. I don't know if it airs live, but I will let you know as I know. Without further ado, I want to welcome our guest today. He is the promoter of World's Finest Wrestling, which next week promotes a huge tag team tournament. Keith Miller, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Pleasure to have you back. Oh, I was just going to say a quick correction on it. Uh, the show's not actually a tag team tournament. It's just a focused, uh, like a tag team focused event. Um, originally, it was going to be a tournament, but then uh, the main event, we kind of, uh, it's a tag team match, but it's not a tournament. And there was a couple other uh, matches that don't have, they have sort of makeshift tag teams. So we just decided to uh, just have it be a, a tag team focused event, but not an actual tournament. So gotcha, gotcha. Originally a tournament, slightly switched to a tag team heavy event. Fans of tag team wrestling still gonna love the show, though. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I remember when I was a kid, um, there was a heavier focus on tag team wrestling than it seems like there is now. Um, and I always wanted to uh make sure the WFW was tag team focused. And we've had kind of a, a a little bit of difficulty building the tag team scene with teams breaking up and, and uh, not, not necessarily being around to defend the belts and stuff like that. But um, right now we've got a lot of good solid tag teams and black cube society has been uh, really great champs. They've been, they've been very successful and uh, had multiple tag team title defenses. So I figured now is a good time to go ahead and do the tag team focused show. Um, 
right now we've got seven matches and uh, five of them are tag matches. So I would definitely say that is tag team focused right there. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a promoter, I'm sure you look at trends and you look at what fans are into at different levels of wrestling to try to determine what they want to see at your level as well. Why did you feel that Tony was right for a heavily tag team build card this show? Okay. Well, the last show we actually had a, um, a four-way Lucha Libre style tag team match, uh, no DQ for the, uh, tag team championship and the reaction to it was just pretty amazing um and uh so icy boys have been getting a really really good reaction from our crowd and i just uh looked at that match and i saw um two potential tag team matches that the fans could really really enjoy and get get uh hyped up for Apollo Star has been working with his son Cassius and Cassius has been really successful. Apollo has been accompanying him to the ring and <clears throat> Rodney Rush is one to introduce a new tag team um to kind of uh try to derail Apollo and so I thought why not he wa- he originally asked me uh what well, was pushing for me to to make a handicap match with Apollo and his new tag team Brian Huff and Johnny Cisco and I was like well Apollo has his son um Cassius why not make it a father son tag team match so um and then in the main event that just all kind of came together naturally with uh it all just kind of came together naturally with Jordan Dye and Dylan Cole and Dax Knight and Jacob Rose all kind of having an interaction on our last event. And then, of course, you know, the 8-Bit, punk, 8-bit Punks, when they're around, you want to use them. You want to put them on the show. So that that's just kind of how it all came together. It all just sort of sort of worked out. So now we have five tag team matches on one event. And – Hoping the fans will get into it and get get excited and and uh, really want to see see what we're offering. So, absolutely, I think they will. Now you mentioned Apollo Star and his son. Probably yeah. nobody would know tag wrestling better than Apollo Star. He drew skills, basically carried the tag division in the Midwest for the better part of 15 years, he knows more than most people will ever learn about tag wrestling. What do you think it means not only to his son, but to your roster to have a guy like that when you're going to focus on tag wrestling to have an Apollo star there? Well, I think having Apollo there, um, first of all, you know that the tag match is going to be – like he knows his stuff and he's in there with three younger guys. Um, so I feel like he is going to use his experience and um, his knowledge of, of tag team wrestling and, and uh, 
tandem maneuvers and things like that to really help him and his son get the upper upper hand. But Johnny Cisco and Bryant Huff were trained by Cody Hawk, and uh, they are two of the best up and coming guys in the Midwest right now. Um, that's I'm pretty sure they're both going to be stars uh, in the near future. So um, it's going to be a great, great match. I think that um, yeah. Aside from aside from Apollo, I would say Kenneth James. Um, those two guys are both just tag team experts, and I know that they've both focused on singles matches the last few years of their career so far. But uh, but I think anytime KJ or Apollo is in a tag team match, it's just. Uh, you know you're going to see a beautiful match. So, and Kenneth James has only wrestled for us once uh, since we started WFW. So that's just my personal opinion on KJ. That's not even me trying to put over our company or anything. I would back you up. I would endorse KJ's knowledge and experience every single time. One of the most underrated you would ever find out there. Yeah, absolutely. I also mentioned the eight big punks. Uh, both of those guys at this point are very experienced. They've been a team for close to a decade, and maybe a, a little bit over that. You have Fabian Cole. You have his partner, Aaron Anarchy. They have wrestled all over the Midwest as a team. Like you said, it's always good to have a team like that on the roster, get them in a match if they are available. I know you've used the 8-Bit Punks for a while. What attracts you to using DC and Anarchy? Well, um, the thing about the 8-Bit Punks is you know that they're always going to interact with the fans and have uh, a, a really like fan-friendly match. Um and they they know they know what they're doing in the ring. They know how to get a reaction and how to keep the fans involved. Um, they can work with younger guys and and be very very entertaining. Um, the team that they're wrestling is the Mayhem Militia. It's uh, Mikael Murphy and um, the Renegade Warriors Stetson Winners, and they're very young guys. They were trained by Sam Knight. Um, I think they've been wrestling about three years at this point. Uh, they train together, and they've been teaming up a little bit, but they want to get uh, more serious with it. And I think that that's just going to be a cool match. Like, uh, because even though they're young, the the militia is a good good tag team. And uh, I think it'll be an interesting test for, for the punks. So. Should be fun. Now, Sam Knight is very, very well respected in independent professional wrestling and the fan base. So I'm sure his guys are going to be very well trained. When you get guys on your roster, do you look to who train these guys when you're looking to book somebody, or does that not really come into play? 100% it always has, honestly. Um, when I uh... – when I ran my very first event in 2008, um, I was looking at guys and I wanted to see uh, 
you know, to me, like, if you look back, I had a lot of guys trained by Sean Cook on my event. I had guys that were trained um, by Cody Hawk and by Dan Severin and uh, American Kickboxer. And it was important to me that those were the kinds of people that I had on my event. I think that training is very, very important. Um, I think that if you have bad training, you can work past it, but it takes longer than if you're, uh, if you're trained good in the beginning and you have that ground, that, that, uh, that base. So, um, and the fact that FGW has been running such a successful school for so long and then Sam Knight up north has been training guys, um, and getting them ready to, to do big things. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And it definitely helps out in this area. Um, when I want someone to come into the event or when someone messages me and asks about coming into WFW, the things that I ask is who are you trained by? I ask for a match that's 10 minutes or less. That's not with, um, a name. And, uh, and that's really the two main things, you know, I want to know, that you have a good base and that you, uh, that you can work with someone who's not necessarily carrying you. So. Now for people out there that are listening that are in a regular tag team and might want to branch out from their home base, if they want to try their hands at WFW, what would the protocol be for a tag team that wants to come in and get in on some of these tag events? Well, I mean, anybody who wants to come in, you, you message me um, or my partner, Tevin Harvey, on Facebook. Um, it's, it's interesting that that's how you do business now. You know, uh, it's not phone calls anymore. Um, uh, if, you, if you know someone on the roster, that always helps if someone can recommend you. Um, we actually – Recently hired Damian Saint to come in, and and him and Skylar Reed are helping us with matchmaking and things like that. Uh, so eventually, some of it may switch to contacting Damian Saint. But for right now, um, yeah, get a hold of us. Uh, get a hold of us and let us know your your availability. We'll get together about dates. And um, like I said, I I always want to know who who trains somebody. Um, and I want to see a short match. Don't send me a marathon. I, I can't. I don't have time to watch a 40-minute match. Not that, you know, I'm not not trying to in, insult anyone. But uh, if, I'm, if I'm sitting down for pleasure and I'm watching some wrestling, you know, a good long match sometimes is cool. But when I'm trying to look at your work and trying to see what you can do, I need to see it right there immediately, see what's happening. Um, and I honestly, uh, talking to other promoters, that's really what they want too. Um, that's just a tip for people sending out matches. Don't send out like a 25, 30, 40 minute match because a lot of promoters won't even watch it. I'll at least give it a shot. But, uh, but yeah, we've, we've got, you know, personalized on top of wrestling. Um, and it's just, uh, and it's just, uh, it's a lot to ask someone to watch, watch a match that long. What other reason for you young wrestlers not to go over your times when you get told 10 minutes, there's a good example of why. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to do 
a short match. But the thing is, you need short matches. You have to show. You have to have something to show promoters, and you have to. They have to know that you can get in there and do your job and get out. Um, it's important, you know. Uh, I had um, Fenrir Ragnarok and Devin Quinn on a show in uh, September, and I gave them seven minutes. And I told them that I wanted them to just go out there and, and beat the heck out of each other. Like, I was like, uh, you're in between um, some longer matches. And I think that what the fans are going to want in this seven minutes is just you guys to get out there and explode on each other and have an awesome wrestling match that's very physical. And they went out and had one of the best matches that we've ever had on WFW. And that was probably Fenrir's, um, I don't know, because he works at FGW every week, but I still don't think he had that many matches at that point. It might have been like his 11th or 12th match, and uh, Devin was also very new. And they just, they blew me away. Like, honestly, um, if if people haven't gone on IWTV and watched that match from Homecoming, that match alone is worth spending the nine ninety nine or whatever it is to get IWTV. Um, honestly, and that whole card was solid. So, uh, so yeah, listen to what uh, the promoter has to say and the booker has to say. Most of the time, we know what we're doing. <laughs> Even if they don't, it's always a good idea to go with what the instruction of the guy paying you is. Indeed, indeed. So, um, I want to touch on our main event too. Uh, it's uh, our champion, Jordan Dye, and he's teaming with our junior heavyweight champion, Dylan Cole. And they are wrestling uh, Jacob Rose and Dax Knight. And um, at our last event, Jake had a title match with Dylan Cole, and Dylan kind of went over by shenanigans uh, from Black Cube Society. And uh, after the match... Jordan Dye and Shea Solo, who have basically been Jake's two best friends. Like, they were uh, – Jacob Rose and Shea Solo trained together and were longtime tag team partners. And uh, Jordan Dye has been in two separate groups with um, Jake Rose. So they came out, and they kind of chased Black Cube off and helped him out and hugged him. And it seemed like they were they were there to make sure he was okay. And then uh, Shea low-blowed him. They uh, threw him around the ring post and did the hanging figure four. And uh, Dax came out with a uh, with a chair and chased him off. So then later on in the main event, when Jordan defended the belt against Dax, he did beat Dax by submission, but it was off a distraction by Shea Solo. And Dax had a very competitive match with him. So Dax and Jake kind of came to me and said that they wanted Dylan – and uh, and Jordan in a tag match. And so that's what we're doing. And Shay's going to be there at ringside because he is now Jordan's um, uh, agent. So uh, so that's going to be interesting. It's a, it's a lot for those guys to overcome. But I think it's possible that they could do it. And they've got the world champion and the junior heavyweight champion. And both men qualify for both of those titles. So if they were to pin one of the champions in this tag match, it could lead to title matches in the future. Now, DC, of course, Dylan Coy reference, a rookie as well. Yeah. He yeah. has yeah. a very, very 
good rookie year, very solid, very well trained, obviously, second generation. Right. What has it been like for you having him on the roster and capturing the junior heavyweight title so early? Well, I've used Dylan. Um, he's been a part of our team since, you know, he was a ref. Um, and he was a kid. I mean, I think he was 16, 17 years old when he started refing for us. Um, and you could kind of see in him, like, a cockiness um, of the way that he would manhandle the, the wrestlers sometimes. I'm not really surprised the attitude that's emerged out of him as a, uh, as a professional wrestler. But um, honestly, him winning the junior title was kind of a, a surprise out of nowhere. He won it in a six-man match where all the belts were on the line. Um, but he has had a successful title defense against Jake Rose. There's a lot of people who are unhappy that he's the champion, um, especially Leon Lux, who worked really, really hard to get the junior heavyweight title. Um but, you know, no matter how he won it, until someone beats him, he's a champ, and that's just the way it is, you know. Now, for the fans that are like myself and don't live close enough to go to the arena to watch this show, I know you've worked with IWTV. Is it going to stream on that network, or do you have plans to release it? On a different form? Are you going to produce DVDs? How can people watch it if they aren't there live? Yeah, we um we always stream on I or not stream on IWTV, but do uh we release it later. We um we always get our matches our shows done before the next event. So our um next one is March 25th. So I can guarantee you that it will be up on IWTV before March 25th. It all just kind of depends on how quickly our producers work, and they have different different uh, different workloads month to month. So um, generally they're pretty fast. Every once in a while it takes takes a little longer, but yeah, it'll be up on TV on IWTV by March 25th. Um, hopefully way before that, but. Uh, but yeah, that's and we're also working on a deal with uh, TV on demand wrestling, which will also be um, it'll just be uh, on demand watching the watching the events later on. But that's a free service on Roku. Um, so once we get once we get that all knocked out, I'll get with the fans and release more information. So. Oh, um, something that I did want to bring up, though, and we talked about Dylan being a uh, referee. Uh, he is returning to his roots and refereeing the match between Black Cube Society and the So Icy Boys, um, which uh, Black Cube Society is his organization. But the way that that came about was uh, he represented them in the contract signing, and T.Y. Ice represented the Icy Boys. Dylan took the contract, and before he signed it, he made a bunch of changes on the contract. Some of them uh, because he actually wrote in the contract that I can't disclose them until after uh, after the uh, we're at the event. Um, I I can't say, but one of the one of the things that he put on there was that he was the special guest referee, and Ty just wanted wanted to get in get his hands on the champs so bad that he just signed the contract without reading it. He asked me if it said that they were still wrestling them and I said yes and he just signed it. 
So now his partner, Avery Hurst, is kind of upset with him. Um, it seems like he put the Black Cube Society in a very advantageous position, and we'll just have to see what happens on Saturday because I feel like the Icy Boys are, are ready to win the belts. They've come so close three different occasions. But, um, I you know, with the stuff that Dylan Cole put in there, I don't know. I just don't feel like the Icy Boys – can win the belts, honestly. So we'll just have to see what they can do. Dylan Cole's been a bit of a controversial figure for the last year or so as he's branched out. He's done more roles in the business. Uh, he had a issue with Emerge where they fired him, and he would show up every show after that, causing trouble until they brought him back. He is and in some very controversial situations across the whole state of Indiana, to be real about it. Now, I know you have issues with him here at WFW. He's been yeah. around a very long time, like we said, second generation, so he knows all the tricks. What do you think 2023 is going to bring as far as how you get Dylan Cole under control? Well, I mean, I I think Dylan Cole is an asset to the show as far as the fans hate him. Um, but all of his crazy antics are giving him problems in the locker room. So I think I'm just going to leave it to the wrestlers. Like, I know Leon Lux wants to get his hands on him. Um, I know Apollo Starr wants to get his hands on him. Um, there He has ticked off some veterans who he may not be able to compete with, but then at the same time, he could surprise us and, and, and just keep winning. And if he keeps winning, um, there's not really much I can do because it's, it's not like he's not doing his job. It's not like what he was doing at emerge where he's, he's, he's showing up when he's booked, you know? Um, so we'll just see, just see what happens. I mean, there isn't really, like I said, I want to leave it in the ring. I'm not really a, a, a boardroom uh, machinations type of guy. I want to see, I want to see what these guys can do out there against each other. So I'm just going to leave it to the, to the guys in the locker room to shut him up. And if they can't, then I guess he keeps talking. (laughs) So. Now you have a lot of veterans on your company, Indeed, along yeah. with the younger talent, do you find that having a mix of the two, whether it's a standard show, whether it's a tag show, seems to draw better for you and your area? Absolutely. I think that um, that the fans want to see people who they're familiar with, but at the same time, people get excited to see new people. Uh, when WFW first started, there was a lot of resistance, and I'm just going to go ahead and say the name. There was a lot of resistance from Randy Clemmy because uh, he lives in Connersville, and he was constantly making comments on Facebook about how the fans weren't going to come out if they didn't know he, who we were uh, using. But Apollo was there. Uh, Damian Cole was there. Kenneth James would come. Um, it's not like every single person that we had was new. We used it. We had TJ Kemp. We used mainstays and new people. 
Uh, we had Jacob Johns, and and we we built we built some stars, or at least at the very least helped people become aware of people. Uh, Jordan Die is an example of that. Um, we used Paragon when he was very early, and not a lot of people knew who he was. Um, I think that mixing in the young guys with the veterans, uh, first of all, it 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 keeps the shows fresh. Um, you're not watching the same guys wrestle each other over and over and over again that you've seen for the last 20 years. You're seeing these guys in there with people who they've never competed against. And uh, we're actually bringing in a guy who's a 16-year veteran uh, from Buffalo, New York. Uh, he was, I believe he was trained out there by the New York Wrestling Council. If not, I know that's where he he did, like, the early part of his career, and he's still working for them today. And uh, it's a guy named Tripp who used to wrestle as the Madness of Trip, but he has since um, defeated the Madness, and now he's just Trip. Uh, and even if guys out here in the Midwest aren't familiar with him, when they see him, uh, you know, this guy has 16 years of, ex- of experience, and he's an incredibly talented wrestler. And uh, plans have changed a little bit for his match, and now he's going to be wrestling Damon Jackson, who is also part of the Mayhem Militia. So um, it's it's an example of a young guy in there with a 16-year veteran. Uh, Damon was also cha- trained by Sam Knight. Uh, and, yeah, I just – I like that mix. I like the mix of the knowledge and the, uh, and the newness. And, like I said, I think that fans want to see new stuff. They don't want to see the same old stuff that they see all the time. But – their mainstays who have been winning, who have who they're familiar with, like TJ Kemp, like Leon Lux, like Apollo Star, um, at this point like Jordan Die, uh, like Dax Knight, they're gonna come out to see those guys as well. Damian Cole, Aaron Anarchy. So yeah, I just do my best to always have a good mix of young guys and veteran talent. As far as what the fans can expect, if they've never gone to a WFW show before next week, what can you tell them that they can expect out of this tag team event in specific, but also just out of a general sense of what WFW offers fans on a regular basis? Well, I mean, if you like pro wrestling, you're going to like WFW. That's you know, we we have a a really good mix of brawling, um, technical wrestling, high flying, you name it, we've got it. Um, I think that our attitude is traditional, um, and we try to mix that traditional attitude with with some of the newer wrestling. But because of the kind of talent that I look for and the kind of talent that I that I book, we always have people who have strong bases and who can, who can wrestle and who will entertain you. Um, the, the, the conflicts that we present on our show are both physical and personal. Uh, we don't just throw a bunch of matches out there. There's reasons why these guys are wrestling each other. So if you come out every month and you follow us or watch us on LWTV, I mean, we, uh, we do our best to, to entertain and, and, um, present an athletic competition. So um, one thing that I did want to mention that we only briefly touched on, Shieldwall and the Bruisers are two of the biggest, strongest, most physical teams 
in the Midwest, um, and they're going to be wrestling each other. And I really think that they are uh, – it's going to be a crazy match to see. And um, the fans in Connorsville, at the very least, seem to like uh, old-school brawling, Dick the Bruiser, Road Warriors, that type of stuff. So we definitely – always try to mix that kind of thing into the matches and uh with um with the bruisers and shield wall it makes it easy because the bruisers are like if bruiser brody and stan hansen had a baby with cactus jack so so uh that's going to be a fun match I'd be awful painful for Cactus Jack as well. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a, uh, a mystical, magical mixing, I suppose, than an actual physical one. But um, And speaking of the Bruisers, one of their biggest inspirations was Jay Briscoe. And it seems uh, fitting but also kind of, you know, tragic that we're um, – having our tag team turmoil event right after he passed away. So, um, I mean, some of the people on our roster knew Jay. Apollo did shows with him. I know that. But I personally, obviously, I did not know Jay. But we are going to do, like, a short tribute to him um, just because I think it's important. Even though he never worked for us, he's a huge influence on tag team wrestling, especially on the independent level. So it's it's uh man it's it's a it's a strange situation that we're running our tag team turmoil event right right after he passed. Absolutely, I'm sure his influence will be felt for generations as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's always tapes, you know. You can always go back on YouTube and uh, watch his matches, and yeah, people aren't gonna forget Jay Briscoe for sure. Now, do you know if a lot of your roster actually worked directly with Jay Briscoe or not? I, I'm sure a few of them probably did. Yeah, honestly, the only person I know who 100% uh, at the very least was on events with Jay was Apollo. Um, I, I didn't actually do research to go and find out, but I know that Apollo had been on events with him before. Um, and I know that... Uh, like I said, he was a huge influence on the Bruisers. So, yeah, aside from that, I'm not sure, honestly. Now, would but, you like to run down the whole entire card so the fans know exactly what they are going to see next Saturday night? Absolutely. So, um, the main event, we've got the WFW heavyweight champion, Jordan Dye teaming with the WFW junior heavyweight champion Dylan Cole to take on uh, Dax Knight and Jacob Rose. We've got the Black Cube Society, uh, Doc Dixon and Kevin Noir wrestling the So Icy Boys. uh, The Black Cube are tag team champions. Uh, So Icy Boys are Avery Hurst and T.Y. Ites. And uh, Dylan Cole will be the special referee. We've got Shield Wall wrestling uh, the Bruisers, which we just talked about. The Mayhem Militia of Michael Murphy and the Renegade Warriors, Stetson Winners. 
against the 8-Bit, 8-bit Punks, King of the Arcade, uh, Damian Cole, and Game Boy Aaron Anarchy. Uh, we've got Trip and Damon Jackson. And uh, give me a second because I'm feeling a little – I need to <laughs> – sorry, I need to to look at the last two matches real quick. Um I know, but uh, geez, hold on, hold on. Let me think. Damon Jackson. Okay, because we've had some cancellations actually over the last couple of days, so my mind's going a little blank here. Um, ah, geez. All right, let's see. Sorry for the dead air. Jeez. Oh, you're all good, brother. Um, what, oh, yeah, Apollo and Cash's star and uh, RWE, uh, Bryant Huff and Johnny Cisco, who were trained by uh, – they're both uh, Cody Hawk trainees. So, um, And let's see, looking at the card right here. Oh, Gaston LaRue and Dion Freeman, which we didn't even talk about. Uh, Dion Freeman is from Newcastle and has a lot of friends and family in Indiana and in Connersville. And the last uh, time he was here, he completely destroyed Big T Thomas Moore, who is a uh, former New Wave Pro heavyweight champion. Um, but this time he's taking on Gaston LaRue, and Gaston is actually taking it upon himself to make this an AIWF uh, TV title match. So the way that the AIWF TV title works is for the first 10 minutes, it's a title match, but then after that, it's just a regular match. So Dion beat Big T in less than five minutes. So he is pretty confident that he can do the same thing with Gaston and win the AIWF TV title. So that is going to be a very interesting match, especially with this new stipulation. Gaston, he is out of Supreme Wrestling. That was where he yes. first burst onto the scene. But he has traveled a lot in the last year. He's worked for several different promotions across several states. He looks like he might be a breakout star in the next couple of years. How lucky yeah, are agree. you to get a guy like Gaston, who is a nationally recognized title holder, like we said, AIWF television champion, and you get to have him here in the beginning part of his career before he's really hit the national stage. Yeah, well, one of the great things about about Gaston is he is he wanted to work for us. Um, him and I have been trying to work something out to where he could come in and work for us for quite some time, and uh, for it to come together the way that it has, especially with him facing Dion, who um, Dion Freeman may not be as known as Gaston LaRue, but he is one of the the top prospects in the Midwest right now. Big, strong kid, uh, actually got accepted to Black and Brave. So he's going out to Black and Brave this summer to train with Merrick Brave and Seth Rollins. Um, and when he comes back to Indiana, he's just going to be that much better. Um, but, yeah, having Gaston, uh, who who – has been wrestling for three years, but honestly, he's been a star for three years. I feel like Gaston LaRue has been uh, hot, for lack of a better word, since he stepped in a ring. I think people just recognize the fact that uh, he has a lot of character 
and he also has um, a lot of knowledge for someone so young in the sport of wrestling. And having him on the event, um, I just, uh, as soon as he announced that he was making it an AIWF tag team title match, we had more interest in the event, like immediately. Or not tag team, I'm sorry. Uh, stuck on tag teams right now. TV title match. Um, it, it upped the interest in the event immediately. Um, he's been great to work with. And I'm hoping that he's someone who we can continue to work with in the future. Uh, so, yeah, Gaston is is just a, an incredible talent, and I agree that he is going to be bursting on the national scene. I know that the AIWF sends their champions all over the place. Um, they have promotions all, all over the world, not just the country. So there's a chance, uh, if you're associated with them, to go work in other countries as well. And uh, if anybody – that young is ready. I think Gaston is ready. So it's very exciting to I have him on the show. I would agree with you. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited. We actually just taped uh, an episode of his By the Book podcast. I think it's going to be airing next week sometime. And that was that was interesting. Getting to sit down and talk to him for a half hour and just. Uh, kind of talked to him about not just the um, WFW event, but wrestling in general and his, his career and, and mine, if you want to call it a career. Uh, so it was fun. Yeah. Now we've talked about the in-ring portion of world's finest wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling fans like to go to shows and they like to experience the whole night. A lot of people go, they have food, they have beverages, they will socialize. A lot of people go for the spectacle more than the actual wrestling. What can you tell fans what to expect as far as the non-wrestling portion of the show? Well, I mean, as far as food, we have great food. Um, we mostly do uh, we do pizza and, and, and soda. But um, the pizza is always from a national chain. Uh, right now we're working do- with Domino's in town. Um, so, um, But there's also been some talk about us switching over to Pizza Hut. <laughs> so, you know, there's competition there too. Um, but, yeah, we uh, and we keep our concession prices as low as possible. Um, that is one thing, though, with uh, – with um, inflation and everything. We're looking at getting bigger slices, but – the pizza is probably going to go up to two dollars. We've kept it at a dollar for four or five years now, which has not been easy. But uh, but I think we're we're looking at getting bigger slices, but also going up to a dollar a pizza or a dollar a slice. Um, but we're also looking on expanding our concessions. Uh, we've we've had hot dogs and hamburgers before, and they did really really well. Um, I know that the walking taco is very popular in the Midwest, so we're looking at a couple of different things. We're actually going to be doing surveys uh, here this year uh, asking what the fans want as far as concession food and how they reacted to the show. Like it's going to be an uh, all-encompassing survey for the fans who come to the event. So that'll be kind of a way to help influence WFW and what you see when you're there. Um, We also always do a 50-50 raffle, um, and the 50-50 raffle tickets are a dollar a piece or 10 for five. And the pot on that is usually pretty big. I think the most we've given is uh, like 78 bucks. 
which for a 50-50 raffle, considering we get half and you get half, uh, that's a, that's a pretty sweet deal. Um, we had a guy who came in and he had bought three tickets. Uh, the guy who won the seventy seventy eight dollar raffle. Uh, he had bought three tickets, so he got all of his money back, doubled plus some extra money to play around with. So you know, come out and and risk a dollar or risk five dollars, and you could end up leaving with a pretty good amount of money. Um, and then uh, you know, just during. During intermission, we we just play some music, you know, and uh, you get to meet the fan or you get to meet the wrestlers, which is a a different um, experience than what you get at WWF or WWE, AEW, some of the bigger companies. Um, at at uh, World's Finest, you are guaranteed that you're going to get to sit down, meet the wrestlers, uh, have a, have a little conversation with them, shake their hand, buy some merch from them. Um, so that's that's always a cool part of things. And um, we're also working on a partnership with a toy store in, uh, in Kokomo um, or Beach Grove. Uh, some, yeah, I think it's Kokomo, but it may be Beach Grove. Um, and we had like a little trial with them where they were selling action figures at our last event out of our concession area. And that did really, really well. So if you're an action figure collector, uh, you can come and uh, pick up some some action figures as well. As far as I know, they are going to be back this event. Um, that's actually facilitate, facilitated to, through someone else, so I don't have all the details on that one. But uh, but I'm pretty sure that they'll be there again with the action figures. So so yeah, well, we you get to about- come out and kind of experience a sense of community. Um, with World's Finest, which is something that we've always tried to do. Um, we've done events for suicide awareness, for uh, for food pantries, uh, for the sheriff's department, and so on top of um, on top of the wrestling, you know, you get to be involved in the community. You get to uh, to hang out with your fellow fans and meet wrestlers. So it's it's always a good time. Absolutely. Nothing like having a sense of community for your local independent promotion. But we got about 15 minutes left, so I'm going to give you all of that. Everything the fans would want to know about next week's card, go ahead and lay it all out one more time so we know everything as we prepare for that big event next week. Okay, so yeah, January 28th, Tickets are $10, and you can buy them in advance by contacting either myself or Tevin Harvey on Facebook, and we will get you the information for that. Uh, doors open at 6.30. Bell time is 7.30. We've got seven matches. Uh, like I said, the main event is Jordan Dye, Dylan Cole, the uh, heavyweight champion and the junior heavyweight champion, taking on the two top contenders for those belts, Dax Knight and Jacob Rose. Um, we've got the Black Cube Society and the So Icy Boys uh, going at it one more time, but this time Dylan Cole is the special guest referee. Apollo and Cassius Star uh, taking on Rush Wrestling Enterprises of Johnny Cisco and Bryant Huff. Um, and one thing that people who haven't been out to the events may not know is Mitchell Taylor, who is our Heritage Champion, 
has been um, sending Rodney Rush checks while he's been off in Europe defending the Heritage title in Germany and England. Um, he has been sending Rodney Rush checks to try to take Apollo out and keep him away from the Heritage Championship. So this is just another chapter in that ongoing saga. Um, we've got the extremely experienced, extremely popular uh, 8-Bit Punks, and they're taking on one of the newer teams in the area of the Mayhem Militia with uh, Stetson Winters and Cody Murphy. Uh, we've got the – or Michael Murphy, sorry. We've got the AIWF TV Championship, uh, Gaston LaRue, uh, and Dion Freeman, and I forgot to mention more in the tag team uh, vein of things. He will be accompanied by Aaron Daniel Norman and Saturn Price, the Tragedy Boys. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the Tragedy Boys, Aaron was actually one half of our very first ever tag team champions, the Wet Dream, with uh, Big Fish Rombowski. And uh, he turned on Fish, and then Fish just uh, quit wrestling. So. There's still a lot of uh, stuff hanging in the air from that. Uh, we've got um, the Madness of Trip, formerly, now just Trip, coming in from Buffalo, a uh, 16-year veteran uh, of the New York Wrestling Connection, as well as several other awesome companies up north. He uh, actually also worked for um, – uh, I can't remember the name of the company now, but they were an Indiana company. Um it was after Infinity Pro closed down for a little while, and they had kind of taken over the reins in the Bloomington area. Um, but I can't remember the name of that company. So he's not completely unfamiliar with Indiana fans, but he hasn't been here in a while. And uh, he's he's looking to come back in the area, and uh, he's looking to do it with World's Finest. Um, we have also got... We've also got um, – hold on just a second. Jeez. I should have wrote stuff down. I always do this. <laughs> um, and now my phone isn't loading. Dang, nabbit. Technology can be a burden sometimes. Yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, you rely on it, and then you don't have paper and pen handy, which – there we go. Bruisers and Shieldwall, uh, two of the most hard-hitting tag teams in the whole Midwest. Um, Bruisers are a product of the Grindhouse Factory, Robert Catchum and Mitch Malik, and Shieldwall is Harley Fairfax and Ra- Fenrir Ragnarok, and they come out of FGW. And honestly, if you like just good old-fashioned uh, two tag teams just beating the heck out of each other. You're going to want to come and see that. And it looks like I've still got about nine minutes, so I'm going to talk about something in the future, actually. We have just announced our World's Finest Women's Ladies Championship, which will be crowned in July. But um, as you may know, Sign Guy, booking women can be quite a task if you don't do it ahead of time. So we have the eight women lined up to compete in the, um, in the, in the tournament this July. And uh, this, this has not been announced yet as far as who's going to be in it, 
but I'm going to go ahead and announce it right now. So this is not known. It's not happening until July, but the women are all set and all ready to go. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know who the eight women are. And uh, this could give you some incentive to come out and start following WFW if you're interested in women wrestling because they won't just be at the tournament. We'll be peppering them in throughout events, and you'll get to see them get ready to compete for the ladies' championship at World's Finest Wrestling. And uh, we've got Kenzie James coming out, um, who I think Kenzie may be the top women women wrestler in the area, honestly. Um, She's amazing. She's athletic. She's hard-hitting. She's got a little attitude problem, but that goes with pro wrestling, you know. Riley Matthews, who is extremely exciting and well-traveled for such a young uh, wrestler. She's already been to Canada, and I believe she's wrestled in like six or seven states, and it's just her second year. She's been all the way to Texas. Um, Big Mama, who is a 16-year veteran and one of the toughest women wrestlers out there. Uh, We've got Breezy, who is brand new but shows a lot of promise and has a bunch of character, and uh, she should be fun to have in. Uh, Juniper Gates, who will kick someone's face off. Uh, We have this Savage Queen, Megan DeFrancisco, coming in for that event, um, as well as Savannah Sweet, who is another really, really tough woman with, with a whole lot of attitude. And then, to top it off, Ari Alexander, who has made appearances for AEW and who is one of the most popular um, women in this area, whether you love her you, or you hate her, people come out to watch her. Um, so, yeah, that's our women's tournament that we're doing in July. I just wanted to briefly touch on that to let people know that we have finally expanded on our women's division, and we're actually going to put a title out there. Uh and so you can expect women's wrestling at WFW events more often. Um, so, yeah, back to uh, back to Tag Team Turmoil. Really, it's our first event of the year um, after taking time off for the holidays, and I just really, really uh, appreciate the support that the community has shown us, and I'm hoping that they continue to, to show us the support. Um, Come out and support tag team wrestling. Come out and support independent wrestling and come out and support world's finest wrestling. Um, It's important. You know, I think that supporting small businesses, especially with, it seems like the mainstream wrestling is in such turmoil right now. Um, And you don't get that stuff at WFW. You just get a fun evening of physical competition and entertainment and uh, and you can, you know, I, I'm there, myself and my partner, Tevin. Tevin is generally in the concession area. So if there's something that you want to see at WFW or that you really enjoyed, come up to us and let us know because we are right there. You can talk to us, um, and we will do our best, as always, to make sure that everyone leaves happy and everyone comes back and they're happy when they come back. Uh, our last event, a lot of fans were leaving saying that, it, you know, they've come to every WFW event since 2018 and that this was the best one that we've put out. 
we had people say that uh that they that it was the best independent event they've ever been to um and we've just uh we're going to expand on that we're not only going to uh continue to to top ourselves every single event that we do with wrestling but we also are looking to expand on the spectacle of things and uh give the fans an even bigger experience when they come out to wfw and i can usually talk and talk and talk but i still have four minutes so whew. Um, well i think a pretty got, good job yeah, they're yeah. letting us know exactly what to expect not only next week but in the upcoming months for the women's tournament you're going to need somebody to really lay down the law in those matches because those women's matches can get rough they can indeed how would you feel about coming down in july and uh being the official official for the women's tournament i would officially like to do that i've officiated women's tournaments before i would love to come to wfw to do that all right, well, let's make that happen, man. We'll announce that right now, too. Sign Guy will be there. Iron Buddha level shocking news, folks. I am signed, sealed, and delivered. July, I'll be at the WFW Women's Tournament. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad we can make it happen. I am as well. I will definitely look forward to that. It's going to be a great night, I'm sure. Absolutely. Now, next yeah, week looks to be a huge sport. night for the company. You've got a lot of great talent there. I won't even say plus Dylan Cole. I like Dylan Cole. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, some people like him. But <laughs> some people do. But I yeah. want to wish you the best of luck next week, as always. I'm sure the fans will come out to watch and support that. Thank you, as always, for choosing to be here with us on Turbuckle Turmoil, and thank you for the booking at the Women's Tournament. I appreciate that very much. Anything else as we wrap this up? Uh, Just thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited. This is going to be the first time we've ever met in person after a couple near misses, I think. So, so yeah, I'm excited to have you come out and uh, officiate the Women's Tournament. I'm very excited for the future of world's finest wrestling. And uh, it all starts on January 28th at the boys and girls club in Connorsville, Indiana. So yeah, let's do this, man. Let's have a great 2023. That's, that's the goal is to have the best year that we've had. Absolutely. You're off to a great start. I think give the boys there my very best next week. And I will see you in a couple of months. All right. Thank you so much. All right, fans, get out there, support WFW there in Huntersville, Indiana. Great promotion, very well ran, lots of fantastic talent, and Dylan Cole. So make sure you get out there, support, support, support. You'll see me there in July. Can't wait for that. Don't forget you can join us tomorrow, regular time on Sunday. We have Balaam Links with us out of the great state of Colorado former Northwest Pro Champion. Recently you saw him on AEW Dynamite. So be here when we talk to Balaam Leaks, and we will talk to you soon.
Sixty-four. Mm-hmm.